from the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report, starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Glad you're with us and hope this finds you well wherever you may be listening today and however you may be listening, whether it be uh, on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, or um, on iTunes. As uh, I hope most of you have found and spread the word that it is a free subscription now for your mobile device. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. John DeShazer alongside producer Dan in the chair as well. And we're set to go. We've got a lot on the table for you today. Some college football. We're going to talk to Ty Graffinini and check in on the Tulane Green Wave. Get his thoughts, too, on Saints quarterback Ryan Griffin. We'll also get some more national perspective today. Jim Corbett from USA Today, one of the better guys covering the National Football League beat, is our guest not only here at camp but on this program today. And um, we also uh, are going to kind of wrap up practice for you today as well. So, a lot on our plates. We're working on, I will say this, we're working on something pretty special uh, later on today that will be on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. I know you're going to want to definitely, definitely catch that. I can't tip our hand just as of yet as we're recording this as to what is up. But there is uh, something afoot, and we're going to have a full coverage for you later on today at NewOrleansSaints.com and then right here on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. J.D., we're just off the practice field. Uh, indoor today which I know was um, a welcome relief to players, coaches, and broadcasters alike. Uh, nah, who wants to be inside? you kidding me? <laughs> I'd rather be outside baking. Uh, I thought you, uh, I don't know, I can't remember who you quoted earlier, but I think we're at that stage of camp where, would you say we're sawing the sawdust at this point? <laughs> yeah, that was Rick Venturi, a former uh, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, and interim coach here with the Saints. And, uh, yeah, he said that one time somebody – we were asking him something about somebody, and we kept asking day after day after day, and that was, you know, come on, guys, we're sawing the sawdust here. So, yeah, that's what we are – that's the phase we are in practice right yeah, now. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, Courtney Roby had a toe injury today. Um, we don't know anything more than that. We'll talk more about that in our final segment. But otherwise, pretty spirited practice. I think that the guys were lively because they were inside today, and we're going to get into all that. We'll hear from Drew Brees uh, coming up shortly as well. So – uh, here we are on a Tuesday, and uh, it seems like Oakland, the Raiders, are far away on Friday. The good news, though, is this, is that the fans will get one more open practice tomorrow morning to come out and see the black and gold on the practice field. Yeah, weather permitting, um, we tried to get everybody to come out yesterday because that was going to be that short line, short yardage, kind of goal line-ish situation, so you get to see more contact. Tomorrow, you're certainly not going to see that level of intensity in terms of contact unless Kenny Vaccaro is around the ball, in which case he's going to smack somebody. I would, <laughs> but, but at least you'll get a chance to see these guys one more time you know, for free before they, uh, before they get into the regular season schedule all right practice report coming up we'll feature drew Brees, uh, his comments post practice today again uh jim corbett usa today todd graffinini two-lane green wave and i failed to mention our special teams focus today special teams coordinator greg mcmahon also stopping by 
this edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, the mailbag's been light, gang, uh, so I'm turning back to you again. We'll do a mailbag segment if we get some comments or questions from you. So, again, you can do so uh, on Twitter at Sean Kelly Live or at John DeShazer or at – all right, Producer Dan. It's at BBR Report. No, at Black Blue Report. <laughs> at Black Blue Report. And I'm told that the numbers are rising as far as followers for that account. And then uh, uh, email will work too. Radio at pelicans.com. Appreciate your uh, comments and your questions for the show. We'll certainly take those. And if they're not any good, then, well, we just won't have a mailbag segment. Fair enough. D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra here today and ready to take us to our first time out. When we get back, we'll get right into all of our good stuff today here on this edition of the Black and Blue Report. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Eric, General Manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Canes is fans' best friend. Fresh, never frozen chicken fingers made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Canes crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Canes, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. You know, we, we love it when we get out-of-towners to come in and, and witness the steaminess of Saints training camp. And um, sure enough, we found another victim today, and uh, he's a national writer with USA Today. Jim Corbett's our guest on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, how you, you are ready to go for this heat the next two days? All set, Sean. I'm feeling like a uh, lobster in a main uh, pot up there. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, cool to bounce around. It's the best time of year to really see and d- drill into teams and figure out what's going on and uh, – here yesterday, getting a little bit of a lay of the land in the team. And, uh, yeah, I think they're a playoff team. It's just a matter of how good can that defense be. And I think with a revitalized run game, a diversified run game, I think that's going to be so important to taking pressure off Drew Brees. Yeah, not too long for you to kind of figure this thing out. How many years covering the NFL now for you, Jim? Uh, this will be 26. Wow. 
seen a little bit. A little bit, and uh, you know, the cool thing is, you know, it's it's different every year. You go in, you think you know what you know, and it doesn't play out that way. So, you know, more or less now, it's been a nine and seven, you know, ten and six league. But it's always coming down to coach and quarterback, and what quarterback gets that hot hand, what pass rush gets hot you know, down the stretch. And we saw it last year, the Ravens necessarily didn't play great in December, but they kicked it in another gear. And Joe Flacco played lights out with 11 touchdowns and uh, no interceptions during the postseason. You're covering a number of different camps, as you called it kind of during this open period, and none of us will get to see practice to this extent when training camps close. So I know that you're busy. You know, when you've got so many camps to cover and only so many days at each camp, how are you making the most of those one, two, maybe three days to get get to know a team. Yeah, well, I don't know how people do a drive-by and just stay for one day. I try and drill in and stay at least two, three uh, days to see the practices, to see the depth chart, to see how the rookies are doing. Uh, it gives you more of a feel to come away with somebody else in your notebook that you didn't think like at the Giants. Ruben Randall, the LSU receiver, has really broken out and really looked good. Uh, that's a third weapon for Eli Manning to have now with Cruz and Knicks when he finally gets healthy. But he's really, you know, stepped up, looks poised for a breakout year, 6-2 target. They Eli Trust going down the field, and you see him every day fighting for balls, out jumping, you know, corners and, and playing really well. So Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers, the rookie back from Michigan State, uh, they're running a new zone block scheme, similar to here a little bit. And so the idea is that uh, you want to see a guy like that when the pads come on, and he looked good. He's, he's tough, physical, 6'3", 244. So, yeah, you're looking for more than one story. You're looking beyond what RG3 looks like. You're looking to see what you know the Redskins defense is going to do this year after having a 30, 30th ranked passing defense. I know you've been to Philadelphia. What's your take on the whole Riley Cooper situation? Is it is it being reported fairly and with perspective or is it is it bigger than maybe we can even imagine? You know it's bigger in the sense that it's truly going to take time and the idea was the first day seeing what happened. I mean I thought Chip Kelly crisis management handled it well. Riley said, you know, I'm appalled by what I said. I'm disgusted. And obviously he's got a lot of making up to do with his black teammates who wonder about this guy. Carrie Williams, the former Ravens safety, said, if this guy, you know, I, I thought he was a cool guy, but, you know, I don't know if he's a racist, but I'm going to be wary of talking to him. So there's a divide naturally in the locker room that has to heal. And, and so, you know, they got him some sensitivity training. Uh, he was back within three days. The idea is Michael Vick, I thought, stepped up with leadership and forgave him. Certainly Michael's had in his past, uh, you know, what he went through with the 21 months in prison. So um, it's going to take time, but I think guys are willing uh, to accept if you are sincere and you're willing to, you know, work at being that teammate. 26 years in the NFL, are you one of those guys that sits here during training camp and tries to predict who's going to be there at the end, or has it been enough years you say, I think I'm done doing that? Yeah, I mean, you're going to be asked, and certainly it changes. I mean, I thought Green Bay coming into this year really had a good chance. Then they get wiped out, a left tackle, Brian Balaga goes down for the season. We've seen a rash of ACL injuries. Uh, I talked to Rich McKay, the competition committee chairman. He said, we've never had a, you know, a preseason so far like this. We'll study the data when it's all said and done after the six weeks but you wonder why so many. And uh, part of it has to be the well-intended consequences of the CBA was to preserve guys, but we're seeing you know, guys like Jeremy Macklin, 
guys like Aurelius Ben and uh, with with the Eagles who don't hit, don't take to the ground, and it's, so it's ironic. It's just guys getting caught up like Bulaga in a pile, Joe Morgan here, right, uh, mm-hmm. yep. in a pile. So it's just the shock, I think, of coming out of non-padded stuff, and then you put the pads on and you go full speed. It's football. You have to practice that that way. Yeah, I was wondering if you would subscribe to that because there's been that talk about the, the unintended consequences of actually taking away some of the contact. It's almost as if um, their bodies aren't conditioned to what they're going to see any given Sunday. Yeah, it's the shock and trauma of get, getting back to hitting. But, you know, I think that's where Sean Payton does a great job. He's a Bill Parcells disciple, and Bill has always said there's only one way to get ready for football. And he said, look, I'm a dinosaur. We used to have 26 practice. Now you have 11. Tom Coughlin, the same way up in New York, was bemoaning the fact that he only had 12 practices to get ready for the preseason. But um, you've got to hit to be ready for this game and, and certainly to see what you have in limited time because now – uh, let's face it, the back end of the roster, those guys are going to see less time, and there's probably you know 15 guys will be cut uh, by August 27th, I believe. It's down to 75. So uh, there's a lot of pairing down, but it's important that you get a good look at your roster right now. All right, before I let you go, those of us who live here in New Orleans and cover the Saints on a daily basis, I feel like sometimes we can get lost in the weeds a little bit as far as being too close to the situation from a national perspective. What are some realistic expectations with New Orleans? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to them in Atlanta. And uh, certainly I know the defense really hasn't made the strides during the offseason. You haven't gotten enough new in terms of a pass rush. They're going to have to probably manufacture that more. But, you know, to me, Sean Payton's back. That's a swagger that returns to this team. That how, how, how do you quantify it? How many wins is that worth? Is it worth two? Is it worth three? Is it worth four? The idea is he being with Drew Brees, the kindred spirit that those guys are, and that revitalized run game, that's less on Drew. He can do more in terms of big plays. I really like the fact that Ben Watson is here with Jimmy Graham. That's a dual tight end threat that you're looking for in this league creates matchup headaches, Nick Toon being smooth. Um, yeah, I just think the return of Peyton, watching him yesterday, he wasn't yelling at guys, but he had that look, and that's accountability that was missing last year. We love your work. We're thrilled that you stopped by, Jim. Sean, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Jim Corbett, USA Today, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. 
Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint-Sations, will be on hand to cheer on participants. And a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. Well, from time to time here on the Black and Blue Report, we're, of course, going to look at our college football teams. We thought we'd start with the Green Wave this week, and Tulane University is getting ready for their upcoming fall season. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, and at this time we welcome in for the first time the voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffanini. Graff, where are you this morning? I am actually in the Dome, Sean. A little morning practice for the Green Wave, and it's hard to believe, but uh, we're just a couple of weeks away from uh, opening night here in the Dome against Jackson State, so it's it's upon us, yeah. officially, as you well know, out there on Airline Drive. Oh, no, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, it feels better in the Dome than it does outside. You know, I, <laughs> you know, with the new stadium going up over on campus at Tulane University, how many different places are the Greenies practicing right now? Actually, there is three. If you want to count Greerfield Turchin Stadium as they did on uh, the first Saturday of practice, uh, they were in the outfield, but... Uh, they've really switched it up to to uh, a couple more venues. Actually, it's four if you want to count the baseball stadium. Uh, they've moved all practices that were supposed to be at the stadium to Newman, which is, of course, about a half a mile away from campus. Of course, we're right here in the Dome uh, today. We'll be here all week. And as you all know, we've been out at the Saints facility uh, in the indoor uh, facility for, for about four or five practices. So, if you want to get technical, four, but for the most part, it's it's going to be three uh, for most of this fall. I would think that in a normal situation, this would be a pain in the you-know-what. But when you have your own brand-new on-campus football stadium rising out of the ground, nobody is probably grumbling about these practice uh, situations. Absolutely not, and you, you hit the nail right on the head, Sean. It's You know, you you, you walk on Ben Weiner and you see the, the structure coming up and uh, and these guys can see that. It's something physical now. It's something tangible. And you're right. They, they're, they're, they're not really worried about getting on a bus and, and traveling, you know, 10 minutes to the Dome or 15 minutes to, to airline or three minutes to Newman. Uh, when they see that in, in just a year's time, basically, they're going to be in that brand-new jewel on, on Ben Weiner. So it's, uh, it, it's a very good trade off, so to speak. Now that uh, Curtis Johnson's not a rookie head coach anymore, and uh, even though you lose a, a great quarterback, do, do you get the sense that Tulane is ready to come back in from the wilderness with regard to college football? I do, and the, the vibe has been pretty, uh, pretty tangible here uh, during this camp. And last year there was just so much uncertainty. You had a new coaching staff. You, you had, uh, you had uh, an offensive line that, that had, had zero, and I do mean zero, game experience. You did have Ryan Griffin, as you know, but again, if you don't have an offensive line, uh, it, that's something you you really can't put your uh, uh, put your trust in. And as the season went on, the injury bug hit, and it just seemed that 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 CJ was just really backed up against the wall before he even started. That that is not the case anymore. Uh, everyone's comfortable with the system now. Uh, the players know what to expect from the coaches. 
The coaches know what to expect from the players, and it's just a completely different vibe. And it's and it's one that uh, you can sense these players say well, we're gonna we're gonna become a force uh, before too long, and, and it's really. It's very refreshing to see. It's very refreshing. You get to see the nuts and bolts of it. But when I talk to people and they express the um, the feeling that they're ready to come back or at least ready to watch to see what Tulane's going to do, there's two things. One, the stadium, which we talked about. Two is this. It seems that they're very excited all over again about the amount of Louisiana talent on the Tulane roster. No doubt about it. 58, if you can believe it. And... You know, while practice is going on, I got my handy roster just because just you want to get familiarized with the names and the numbers so you don't have to keep looking down at your sheet. As you all know, during the game, and every time I look, I see New Orleans, uh, St. Charles Catholic, uh, Baton Rouge. It's time and time again I'm going, this is another local kid. This is another local kid. And that is something that Curtis Johnson said from the get-go he wanted to do. He wanted to bring in these kids, and Sean, he's doing it. And, of course, you know, you, you were the voice of the wave uh, back when uh, we were in our last bowl game back in 02, and we, we were probably on par with uh, the amount of kids we had from Louisiana back in 02 uh, as, as far as just spreading down here in south Louisiana and, and getting people interested in Tulane again. And it's been that long since you've seen this amount here and of course back in 02 but we're pretty successful as you well know what's realistic graph really i mean if you look at the season whether it be a number of wins or a bowl or what what is realistic right now for tulane well <laughs> i'd love to answer that question a lot of it has to deal with who is going to play quarterback and uh, look you can have all the talent you can have the skill position which tulane does every single skill position player is back from a year ago uh, the offensive line has some games under their belt now, but you're losing an NFL quarterback. Uh, the guys that are here, Nick Montana, Devin Powell, and the freshman Tanner Lee, they all have their own qualities. It's just hard to predict uh, what they're going to do right now because other than Devin Powell, who had about a game and a half of action last year, we just don't know. So I'd love to give you a win total. Uh, the defense is is markedly better just watching practice because we've got some size on the on the defensive line now, some size and some strength which we have not had in a very long time. The defensive backfield is all is all return linebacker. It's going to be another kind of wait and see thing, but it's all about the quarterback. And until we are settled with that, until Curtis Johnson is is firmly committed to one, and I don't think he's going to be. Uh, for the first couple of games, though he said yesterday that Nick Montana has kind of separated himself a little bit, but we're just not going to know until the game starts. It's just, as you know, it's all about the quarterback, and if you don't have a successful quarterback, it's going to be tough. All right, your old quarterback, Ryan Griffin, is still in camp with the Saints. Give me a story about Ryan Griffin that was not told. (laughs) Boy, um, look, I get to talk to these guys you know off camera and i just i don't know if there's a story i can tell you i just know that this was the most humble kid uh from when i met him back when he was a freshman and just kept his head down and just worked 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 and and i'm not trying to to say anything derogatory here 
but when Ryan Griffin walked on campus uh, as a freshman from West Covina, California, and you had told me then that he was going to be in an NFL camp, uh, especially wearing the black and gold, I'd have said you were absolutely crazy. He deserves everything he's getting because he worked his tail off to get there. And I, I saw it on a daily basis. Uh, and the improvement that he had from his junior year to his senior year was so great that the, when he came back from injury last year, and uh, we're getting into a new period here, as you can tell, but if the improvement was so dramatic that when he started the second half of the season last year, there wasn't a doubt in anyone's mind that Tulane had a chance to win every football game that they played in strictly because of the way he played. It's good stuff. Hey, before I let you go, Tulane LSU football series, is this going to happen? I'm hearing that it's, it's, it's a very big possibility. Not for sure. I think everyone, when the initial story came out, saying, oh, well, let's put the brakes on it. But, look, there's one more game that needs to be played in the series. It's under contract. And um, the venue is here uh, where I'm standing right now. I think it is going to happen. I just think that they didn't want it to get out in front as, as it was the other, uh, I guess, last week when it really came out. But I, I, I'm thinking, Sean, it's going to happen. And that's a good thing. That's, that's awesome. Thing. Yep. No, I think that's I think that's good for everybody. I, I've gone back and forth on that for a number of years. But I think at the end of the day, especially with all the Louisiana kids now filing into the Tulane program, I think this is all good. That's Todd Graffinini, the voice of the Green Wave. He is uh, joining us from the Superdome today where Tulane is practicing for the upcoming season. Graf, good luck to you, and uh, we'll be checking in with you down the road. How's that? Sean, anytime, and uh, you're a very busy man. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to, to see you really, uh, really toiling away, especially in the early fall. Stop it. Don't let that get out, okay? I appreciate that. <laughs> Todd Graffini, we'll check LSU later in the week, but Tulane's our first stop today, and we appreciate Graf's visit today. Oh, Graf, one more thing. Twitter. I know folks would like to follow you on Twitter. What's the handle there? Uh, N T Graph, N T Graph, two Fs, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a frequent tweeter, if you will, especially during Saints games, and uh, of course my Dodgers right now, which are uh, the hottest team in baseball, as you well know, Mr. Kelly, uh, having gone into St. Louis last week and uh, whooping up on your Redbird, but um, yeah, uh, you'll get tons of tweets during those. Uh, during those events. All right, Jack Clark, Tom Needenfewer. I'll leave you with a couple of those. Oh, that hurts. Good that luck. Hurts. Good luck in the fall. Appreciate your visit. Todd Graffinini, our guest, will continue on the Black and Blue Report right after these messages. This is Eric, General Manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Cane's is fan's best friend. Fresh, never-frozen chicken fingers, made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Cane's crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Cane's, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. (laughs) What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer MyAuctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? 
or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Well, our Black and Blue Report continues today, and we're going to focus on special teams a little bit. I've been anxious to visit with the special teams coordinator. That's Greg McMahon. Uh, you know, uh, for, first, i got to ask you this. I've had several fans now come up to me at training camp and say, the heat index is over 100, yet yeah. I see coaches wearing long sleeve shirts. What's the story behind that? Well, I've had melanoma. <laughs> so that's, yeah. I don't, I, I will always color my skin, I cover my skin and I, you, you probably can freaking see the freaking skin block on me and stuff. So I, uh, I've always wore long sleeve these, but actually these are dry shirts because they're those dry fits and it actually soaks up the sweat, but I, I love it. So, but I do it because of uh, health reasons. I think a lot of guys in your shoes that spend as much time in the right. sun, it eventually is going to take its toll like no it doubt. has for you. No doubt. The stage in camp that we're at with regard to special teams, yes. give me the kind of the state of the state of the unit report well you know this time of the year you're certainly doing i mean what you do is you evaluate uh you know we didn't play well in the in special teams in the first ball game which was disappointing and at the same time was we have to we have to make sure we get these guys in positions to where we can evaluate them and see what they are and and all of them whether it's a veteran returning player or it's a young player that uh is trying to make the team or maybe a veteran player that hadn't been with us so you kind of got three groups of men you're trying to evaluate and so you just got to give them in positions to where you can give them an honest evaluation to help our team. You mentioned it didn't go well on Friday right. in your eyes. Have you been able to put your finger on maybe why? Well, I think we, there's a bunch of reasons. I mean, uh, we didn't cover well. You know, the big big disappointment for us was day gum. We had two two uh, two times from a personnel standpoint where uh, we were late coming out, and then the other one was uh, was disappointing was the uh, two penalties. You know, we had the holding and we had the uh, illegal formation. So both those were disappointing. I know that everybody has a very hard job of evaluating this time of year, but it seems to me that the special teams coordinator having the evaluation process hinge on other units on the field. Maybe a guy makes this roster because he can help on special teams. seems like there's a lot more involved for you. Right. Well, uh, you know, certainly with, with, uh, with our pers- player personnel and, and certainly with, with Coach Payton, I mean, it's really it's a collective. It's not like, ah, uh, you know, we're – we're just trying to collectively put the offense, the defense, and the special teams together. And get, as coach says, get the right 53. So, we, we certainly have a voice in it, but uh, but it's collective. I mean, it truly is. So we just gotta kind of fit all the pieces together. Take me inside. Of, do you get to handpick who you'd like to see on special teams, or are those players sometimes sent to you for for a look? Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, honestly, I don't know about. Well, I certainly we don't handpick those guys to 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 answer that. But but we certainly are looking for guys that could. You know, be a backup backer, receiver, tight end, running back, and can cover kicks or block a kick or cover punts. So, so you're always looking at those guys. But I don't think you handpick your guys. 
All right, this roster aside, think back over a very long career here. Has there been one or two guys that just have epitomized special teams play to you that, that really still jump out at the top of your list? Well, I don't know. I mean, this time of the year, you certainly got your guys that have been with you, the uh, you know, the Hawthorns, the Herrings, the Humbers, the Robies, and uh, Raphael Bushes and Aisas and those guys. But you got to, you got to, you know, everybody's here. You're going to get 90 guys on the roster, so you got to make sure you get the right 53. Can you help fans understand what hidden yardage is? That was something that Coach Payton referred yeah. to the other day. And right. I know most of the fans around here are very educated, but there are some that hear that and they're like, not sure what that really means. Right. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, like for example, if you punt the ball down the field and, well, I'll give you a great example. We had the punt where we tackled the runner inside the six-yard line, and then we uh, had an illegal formation way to return a kick, and they returned it to the 31, so we lost 25 yards of field position. That's what he's talking about. When it comes to preseason game number two, I know that each of these preseason games has different meaning to them. In your eyes, what's the, I guess, what's the goal, the process of getting through that second one? I'll just make sure we get our guys evaluated make sure that uh, we're improving and be better than we were the game before. I mean, that's the... That's the bottom line. And the big thing is just make sure you get the right 53. I mean, that's what training camp's for is to get the right guys. Well, we'll wish you the best Thank and uh, appreciate right. the visit. You got it. Greg McManor, special teams coordinator. He's our guest, and we'll continue after this on the Black and Blue Report. Somewhere in a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. Play without purchase. Mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. A message from Mr. Monopoly. Hello again. Since teeming with the Louisiana Lottery to give away part of my vast fortune for the Monopoly scratch-off game, I've been tickled pink that the winner bell has been ringing so frequently. There's a winner right now. Oh, my, another winner. <laughs> Jimmy, perhaps it would be wise to check the winner bell once more just to be sure. You could win up to $100,000. Play the Monopoly scratch-off game for real money. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Sean and JD back with you here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, our thanks to our guests today, boy, good stuff. And uh, we'll look for again a special report tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, you'll know you'll know what I'm talking about later on today on NewOrleansSaints.com if uh, you're catching the show 
early afternoon. All right, J.D., let's break down practice, which uh, just concluded inside today. Uh, helmets, shoulder pads, shorts for the Saints today. And early on, at least to me, early on it seemed rather ho-hum. It was almost they were. It almost felt like they were getting a light day after a, a, a collision-filled practice yesterday, and then lo and behold, the competitiveness of practice, the crispness of movement in practice, all really ramped up about halfway through the session and finished on what I thought was a great note today. Well, it got reminiscent of a couple of years ago from that Super Bowl team, and this is the way the offense and defense kind of jostled one another and went back and forth one, with one another. And you've got two guys who are supremely confident in what they do in Coach Sean Payton, who loves offense, and defensive coordinator Rob Ryan, who makes his bones on defense. So you've got two guys who are going against each other. They're extremely competitive, and their units look that way, especially in the, in the, in the two-minute drill where these guys really got after one another. These receivers and DBs have been going at it, you know, the entire training camp and these guys have gotten a little chippy hadn't been any fighting yet but there's been a lot of contact a lot of hand fighting a lot of slap fighting between these guys and you can just see it intensify every day this this improvement that we've been talking about in the secondary john it's for real there's market improvement amongst the defensive secondary and the reason i i bring it up today is because i keep waiting for that day where it's like aha gotcha or you know oh okay we're coming back to where you know the the norm or whatever it is it it hasn't been that way and 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 that really hit me today as as far as this is for real they're better and and that has to do with some of the guys they brought in you know including you mentioned Vicaro but you know the old Perry Walker kid Keenan you know so it's it's better and it's made for better practices to watch well they add to your depth now with Keenan Lewis coming in you know though you just mentioned O'Perry Walker Keenan Lewis now all of a sudden you're able to drop Patrick Robinson to a nickel or a dime corner well Patrick Robinson was a starting cornerback in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints last season so now all of a sudden your depth rises up because you've got a guy who you can put on the field and you don't feel any any fear or or any trepidation putting him out there in those situations. But Keenan Lewis has been has been everything he's been advertised to be and more right now. And then Kenny Vaccaro, extremely physical, uh, very good coverage skills. You know, he's going to have to, you know, he's a rookie, so he's going to make some mistakes, obviously. But, you know, he's a guy you want on the field. All right, so Jimmy Graham catches a 60-yard pass from Drew Brees in that two-minute drill we've been talking about. According so to Jimmy. You, right, so if you ask Jimmy, <laughs> the offense wins the day. Um, and I would have to agree with him because he would have scored untouched. Yes, he does. All right. But in the spirit of the drill, they stopped him, and then they let the drive continue. Fair enough. And Fair Malcolm enough. Jenkins comes up with an interception, which allowed the defense to say, well, now we win the day. Well, they stopped the drill because because Roman Harper got hands on Jimmy. Now, in a game situation, is is, he, is Roman Harper going to get bring down Jimmy Graham from behind, or is he going to catch him? Well, Jimmy says no, and I kind of lean toward Jimmy on that one. Yeah. So, so I'm going to give Jimmy the 60-yard touchdown. But as you say, in the spirit of competition, they do stop it. Malcolm Jenkins comes up with a nice diving interception. So show some pretty nice hands on that. So the defense does get a chance to brag and say we got the stop. All right, so no matter how you want to look at it, though, quarterback Drew Brees did say that this, this competition, this competitiveness and these drills right now is the sign of good things. I mean, all the, all the drills are competitive. Um, certainly, you, uh, you know, two-minute drives are, are what you know, finish a lot of games in this league. Um, uh, you get a ton of snaps during the year in two-minute, you know, both offense and defense. So your ability to capitalize in those situations, both at the end of half and at the end of games, really end up being the difference in games. So, um, yeah, our defense has is, is, is got us the last couple of times. They've been good drives. I mean, we've had 
you know, it's been, you know, very competitive back and forth where, you know, you sustain a drive, you're working the clock, you're working your, your timeouts and clock stoppages and such. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they got us on that last one. Brees talked about a lot of stuff after practice today. The other thing that he uh, mentioned that kind of jumped out to me was his talk about Kenny Stills. We've been talking about Kenny Stills as possibly becoming the starting number three wide receiver. He's still running with the ones in that role, even after preseason game number one. I know there are others in the mix right now, but here's what Brees had to say about his rookie out of Oklahoma. I mean, he's, he's got all the tools, you know, and, and he's another guy that just because he's a young guy and he's just grasping the offense, everything, every day, you know, it's just kind of one more step towards a comfort level with, you know, what he's doing and just, you know, getting, hearing the play call, getting lined up, executing the round, making the adjustments that need to be made, you know, off of, you know, certain defensive looks and such. And he's, um, you can tell he's a smart guy. Um, he's got great feel for the game. You know, you, you can see a lot of things just come naturally, you know, for him. Um, and uh, it, it, it hasn't felt too big, you know, for him. You know, there's a lot of young guys that, man, you can just kind of see their head spinning, you know, at a certain time in camp or in certain situations. And I haven't gotten that feeling from him. You know, and listen, there's been fair share of mistakes just like any young player or, or any guy in camp. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of um, material that's getting thrown at you all at once. But I think he's handled it very well. So we'll watch for still some more. Parker continues to impress during practice today. And we've yet to really see that the benefit of having the two veterans now in the fold, Breston and um, Creighton. So... Um, anything else that we should add about practice? I know there was some injury stuff worth noting today. Well, we had some guys come back who've been out for a while. Pierre Thomas came back, the running back, Junior Gallette also, Tom Johnson, Martez Wilson, all of those guys worked on limited basis. Nobody really into the full team drills, but just to get those guys back and get them acclimated, get their legs back under them, was a good sight to see. And again, Courtney Roby left with a toe left with injury. With a toe injury. Yeah, okay. That was during a drill catching punts. So there you go. That's pretty much it. We'll have a, a, a video report for you later on today on NewOrleansSaints.com. We call it the New Orleans Saints Afternoon Wrap. And, again, there's going to be some other stuff today worth checking into as well. I know I'm being very you know, cloak and dagger about this thing, but as we record this, it's not news yet. By the time that you hear this, it could be out there. Well, so you got to we'll be hush-hush, though. So, you know, it'll be out. Just keep coming back to NewOrleansSaints.com, and Fair you'll enough. get it. Fair enough. You'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll get it to you. Tomorrow's show, David Wesley will be here. We're going to talk a little NBA. It's the dead month, really, August, but uh, Dub's going to stop by, and we'll uh, check in with him. Jennifer Hale on the program tomorrow, and as we mentioned, that special report, including the special guests, all tomorrow, 1 Central Time, the Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for this uh, today's show, and we appreciate you checking in with us. For producer Dan and for JD, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.